sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. A new week starts right here, right now, live on a Monday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network as well. That includes sportsgrid.com slash watch. Find your favorite destination and to consume everything all across the grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here bright and early on this Monday morning. Hope some of you out there enjoying the holiday weekend. Hope you had a lovely Father's Day as well yesterday. A yearly tradition on Father's Day, as all good dads do, to sit back, relax, and watch some golf on your television screen. A recap of the 2023 United States Open, our national championship in Los Angeles over the past four days and a first time winner of a major championship that will break down in just a moment also a blockbuster deal in the nba will go around major league baseball nearing the midway point of this 2023 mlb campaign and plenty more over these next two hours we bring you up until 11 a.m eastern time live right here on the grid we start with the 123rd playing of the United States Open. All of the storylines entering a final round in L.A. Golf in prime time, late into the hours here on the East Coast, but of course, Pacific time in Los Angeles. There were many detractors of Los Angeles Country Club, being maybe not the best venue to host a U.S. Open, but the star power we had entering Sunday's final round in the storylines to follow certainly backed it up. Ricky Fowler dropping all the way to 185th in the world, a career resurgence after history in the opening round, looking for his first major championship could Rory McIlroy end a nearly decade-long streak and become a major champion once again Scotty Scheffler nearing the top of the leaderboard or would it be Wyndham Clark who won his first PGA Tour event just in the early portion of May at the Wells Fargo Championship trying to continue the hot play into Sunday and that is what Wyndham Clark did holding off Rory McIlroy in the rest of the field 10 under par for the tournament his first major championship only his second professional golfing win a 2023 United States Open champion that is what Wyndham Clark is he entered yesterday with a third best price to win outright at three to one here is Wyndham Clark after the end of yesterday's round at LACC and what this first major championship victory means to him I feel like I, I belong on this. I feel like I belong on this stage. And I, you know, even two, three years ago when people didn't know who I was, I felt like I could still, still play and compete against the best players in the world. And I've, I felt like I've shown that this year. Um, you know, and I've, ha I've come up close. And, you know, obviously everyone sees the person that hoists the trophy. But I've been trending in the right direction for a long time now. I've made a lot of cuts. I've had a handful of top 10s and top 20s. And I feel like I've been on a great trajectory to get to this place. And obviously it's, it's gone faster than I thought in, um, you know, as far as just starting to do some stuff mentally that I've never done before. Um, but I feel like I'm one of the best players in the world. And, you know, obviously this is just shows that 
what I believe is uh, can happen. And um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm a pretty humble, calm guy, and I I don't try to get too high or too low in things. And um, you know, I'm obviously going to celebrate this, but I, I like to compete. I like to I like to play against. I'm so competitive. I want to beat everybody, uh, but also be friends with everybody. So I'm trying to I try to you know have a good mix of that. Wyndham Clark, a major champion for the first time. The champion at the 2023 United States Open. The 123rd playing of that major, and Wyndham Clark wins his first major title. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number one of a Monday, live right here on The Morning After. Sirius XM, Channel 159, all around the Sports Grid Network. Of course, our radio terrestrial affiliates in the fold now as well. I am Ben Stevens. Entering the tournament, Wyndham Clark to become the United States Open champion, 85 to 1. But a very strong four days in Los Angeles at LACC. Even par 70 yesterday to hold off the field. He finishes at 10 under for the tournament. He had the third best number at 3 to 1 entering Sunday's final round. He won his first PGA Tour event back in early May at the Wells Fargo Championship. And now his first major championship as well ricky fowler coming up short a runner up now in the u.s open for the second time in his career he has never won a major championship rory mcelroy the decade-long streak nears that time now without a major title how about the live golfers and a week full of drama out in los angeles dustin johnson performs well cam smith finishes in the top five at six under brooks kepka who won the pga championship fades a little bit on sunday but overall this is now the future that we focus on in the landscape of golf that merger that we'll see if it ever comes to fruition between the pga tour and live golf here's a merger for you a blockbuster deal yesterday in the association the washington wizards trading bradley beal to the phoenix suns in return washington gets back chris paul landry shamit at least four second round picks and a couple of pick swaps potentially in that deal as well phoenix going all in bradley beal now joins kevin durant and devin booker out in the valley there is expectation now for nba championship for the suns their price moving by 50 cents in their favor seven to one before bradley beal became a member of phoenix now plus 650 it's the fourth best price on the board to win an nba title next season that's where the suns stand plenty more reaction on that but next major league baseball here on the morning app sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com We are in the summer months. Time to go around the Major League Baseball time. And as we welcome you back to a Monday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Donnie Wrightside joins the show right now. DRS, of course, one of the co-hosts each and every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time on the money line. The man in the main chair on, or excuse me, the early line in the morning, the money line in the afternoon, 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern time on Sports Grid Radio. DRS, you do so much for us all across the grid and here on the morning after. Sometimes you just mix it up. Exactly. And also, it, it's, it's sometimes hard, but I'm always in the main chair when myself and Kevin right. are with programming together. So just keep that in mind. Right. 
We'll keep that in mind. I'm sure that Kevin Walsh, if he was watching, would love to hear that additional detail as well. DRS, let's go around the Major League Baseball diamond from the weekend. We're about seven days out virtually from that midway point of a Major League Baseball campaign. His team's near 81 games, of course, in the 162-game marathon that we have in a Major League Baseball season. And DRS, when you look at the National League West right now, the Dodgers aren't in first. In fact, the Dodgers aren't in second. L.A. has won this division 10 of the last 11 MLB seasons, and yet now they sit in third after a weekend sweep against their bitter rivals in the San Francisco Giants, who come south to the ravine and take all three from the Dodgers, including yesterday, 7-3, getting to the Catman, Tony Gonsolin, early and often. DRS, the Dodgers, have now lost 10 of their last 14 games. Meanwhile, San Francisco playing at a very high level, that second-best mark in the NL West. What did this weekend series at Dodger Stadium show to you, Donnie? And so is that the Giants, even though they don't have those true superstar talents on their roster, one through nine like the Dodgers do, can still be very competitive here with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And what do the Dodgers need to do to get out of this little bit of a funk? We look, we didn't anticipate saying to ourselves, okay, well, the Dodgers aren't in first place. And what do we usually say? But, well, that's because the Padres had an unbelievable offseason. Padres are in fourth place in the division. There are no excuses for the Dodgers not playing good baseball, but more of a credit to the Giants here, winners of seven in a row and just putting together a solid lineup on a day-to-day -day basis has paid dividends for them over the past couple weeks, and away they go. I'm not saying that the Giants are going to end up winning this division, but we're almost at the point now sometimes you expect the Giants to actually be competitive, but did I see them over the Dodgers and the Padres here about midway through the season? Not necessarily. Seven consecutive wins, DRS, for San Francisco, like you mentioned. Because of that, the Giants, seven games above 500. They trail the Arizona Diamondbacks by three and a half games for that top spot in the National League West. The Dodgers on a slide, and we see a small bit of change, DRS, to the National League pennant odds on this Monday morning. The Dodgers and the Braves for the last two weeks were co-favorites at 2-1. to one. Now Atlanta with the best mark in the National League, winners of six consecutive games, plus 175. The Braves, the solo favorites. The Dodgers move back by 25 cents from the Atlanta Braves price at plus 200. DRS, are there tiers in your mind in the National League, and where would you put those points of distinction? Yeah, I mean, the Braves, to me, just are built for the regular season. They seem like an absolute wagon on offense, Ben. Last six games that they've won on this entirety of their win streak, 10, 6, 8, 8, 10, and 14 runs between those six yeah. games. Now, they're playing the best competition between the Tigers and the Rockies, not necessarily, but the Braves' lineup is built to win. They have starting pitching, depth in the bullpen, and also a quality one-through line, which has both good players and superstar players across. We're not writing off the Dodgers at 2-1 to one because it is early in the season, and also, from a pennant perspective, Ben, you don't have to win your division. And if you can still win a pennant, if that doesn't happen. Yeah. And also, when we take a look at those big money teams like the Los Angeles Dodgers, they will make moves at the trade deadline. So as long as they're hanging around five to six games here from playoff contention, I'm not even talking about Ben from actually winning the division, just playoff contention. I think they're going to be okay. But I do think you get that line. And quite frankly, the first four teams listed at the FanDuel Sportsbook, Braves, Dodgers, Padres, and Phillies, they are in the upper echelon. The Phillies finally starting to act like the team that went to the World Series last year with a nice win streak for yeah. themselves. But I look at those top four teams separating themselves from the other four teams here in the NL, Ben.
DRS, at this point last year, the Phillies probably weren't one of the four shortest prices to win the National League pennant. It's about getting hot, of course, in October, but just having the opportunity. The Phillies have won six straight games. They're four games above 500 as well, but would be on the outside of the National League wildcard spots if the season were to end today. Of course, it doesn't. We're not even at the midway point yet of 162 in Major League Baseball. Two teams, DRS, that need to turn it on sometime soon faced off this weekend against one another the Cardinals and the Mets St. Louis handing New York the loss yesterday as the cards take the ending of this series against the Amazons DRS when you look at these two teams eight to seven for St. Louis at City Field yesterday the Mets have now dropped 11 of their last 14 the Cardinals win this weekend set Nolan Arenado a solo shot in the top half of the ninth was that winning run for St. Louis where do you describe the trajectory DRS for both of these clubs yeah, we're headed for a shakeup here. I'm not so sure if that shakeup's going to come from the Mets side here, just being with their ownership group. Like, he's never going to give up on a season and start trading players away. If anything, he's going to add, even at the detriment to the team, which means Cohen's got so much money that, ah, so what? We'll spend an extra $30 million in luxury tax money by acquiring players at the deadline. That's probably not going to have a, a uh, you know distinct advantage for them even winning that division. But take a look at the Cardinals. Here's the interesting part. This is a team coming in, which to me, Ben, far and away the most talented team there in the central they're actually in dead last place yes they won two games yeah. to improve to 29 and 43 on the season you got some big money players on that team nolan arenado and also mvp paul goldschmidt that could they be up for grabs at the deadline because the cardinals aren't one of those teams hey you know what we'll do it again next year they got a lot of talent on that baseball team underachieving they need pitching do they move some of these big bats for younger pitching prospects that can certainly grow into a rotation for the cardinals i'm more, like the mets are 33 and 38 disappointing i'm even more disappointed though in the cardinals to be honest ben the redbirds drs 14 games below 500 and yet still eight and a half games out of the top spot in the national league central despite being in the basement of the division the mets right now the fourth worst record in the national mm -hmm. league the cardinals the third worst record drs is there hope for either of these two both of them or maybe neither of these two clubs to turn it around at a certain point this year I guess if you could say there's hope, because if you're looking at the Mets, they're 12 and a half games back of the Braves. If you do win the division, Ben, what do you get? doesn't matter what your record is. You automatically get placed in the playoffs. The wild card's not going to matter. So if I'm looking from a Cardinals perspective, they're eight. And I don't even want to say only because eight and a half games back is a long way to climb that board. Right. But you're fighting the Brewers, the Reds, the Padres, and the Cubs. Not a ton of pedigree outside the Brewers. And they're not all that spectacular at the plate or even with their pitching lineup at this point. If I'm looking for maybe a silver lining, maybe it's the Cardinals get it together and show their ownership group that, hey, you know what? We're only yeah. a few games back here now, double digits games back by the time that deadline does turn up. The Brewers lead in the National League Central. A half game in front of who? The Cincinnati Reds, who have won eight straight baseball games. There is still hope potentially in the Central, but DRS is right. You got to pass a ton of teams when you're eight and a half games behind and in fifth place out of five teams in the division. The San Diego Padres, DRS, also below 500, but now just a game below that 500 mark. They hold off Tampa yesterday at home in Southern California, a 5-4 to four victory. DRS, how do you feel about the Padres after this weekend set against the best team in the bigs? 
Yeah, so they're still pretty high on the Padres. And also, Ben, if you think that it's not so much sometimes, again, as I say, about winning that division. It's just making it into the playoffs. They have that front-end pitching that can give you issues in a short series and also more than enough talent at the plate to handle their business. Last 10 games here, Ben, 7-3, and three, so maybe starting to pick up some of the pieces because the Padres, alongside of some of these other teams, the Cardinals and the Mets, really underachieving, yep. but at least they're underachieving. They're still right around 500 with about half the season to go. When you look at the plus 230 price on the other side for the Tampa Bay Rays, they are the favorites in the American League. 20 and 17 on the road, but the best record at home in Major League Baseball. 31 and 7 at the Trop this year. A little bit more separation now for the Rays in front of the Astros, the Rangers, the Yankees falling back just a little bit, and the Minnesota Twins, despite being just an even 500 at 10 to 1 because they're in first place in the American League Central. We'll look at two other potential American League pennant contenders, Toronto and Texas, on the other side of the break before we break down the slate on this Monday in MLB. That's next, live right here on the morning app. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Plenty more around the Major League Baseball diamond. Live right here on this Monday on the morning after on Sports Grid. DRS, Donnie Wrightside, back for a second consecutive segment. DRS, we showed the American League pennant odds. Two teams that have two of the six best prices to win the pennant in the American League. The Rangers, 5-1, to one, the third best price. Tied for the third best record in baseball alongside the Baltimore Orioles. Tied second best in the American League and the Toronto Blue Jays. Only a couple of games above 500 DRS, but there is always some optimism in the odds perspective for the Jays. They faced off this weekend in Texas in the finale of the weekend series. The Rangers do what they do best. The best offense in terms of scoring runs in the bigs. Plates 11 for an 11 to 7 victory over the Blue Jays. DRS, as you look at the Rangers and the Blue Jays, do you think both can contend for an American League pennant this season? I think they can, but I do a slight a slight lean here over towards the Texas Rangers. I just love the way that lineup flows one through nine, and they're getting some pretty good front-end starting pitching, even though Jacob deGrom has been lost for the season. What are we waiting for for Toronto here for myself? Well, if you look at it, they're, third, they're in fourth place out of five teams. You say, man, what a terrible season. Not necessarily because of how tough the American League East has been, 39 and 34, and they haven't been played their best baseball this season like the Texas Rangers have. I'm waiting for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to show up and be that MVP candidate, that rock in the middle of the lineup because the other batters in that lineup showing signs of life and also that starting pitching staff which basically had an anchor in it every fifth day and Alec Manoa, he's no longer there. So maybe they can cobble some things together and he can work out his you know issues that he's having down at that rookie ball complex in Florida and maybe help that team toward its playoff run. Yeah. I do expect the Toronto Blue Jays to be a wild card contender the same way I think the Texas Rangers actually more of a division contender than a wild card at this yeah. point.
The American League is stacked right now. The wild card race is going to be fascinating to follow because you have really five teams from the American League East, but certainly four if you eliminate the Red Sox that are going to contend for that wild card spot. The Red Sox did sweep the Yankees, though, in a Father's Day doubleheader yesterday. So maybe Boston's a part of the mix as well. And then three teams in the American League West with maybe the Mariners lurking if they ever turn it around throughout this season to contend for wild card spots. Right now, DRS, the Rangers, a four and a half game lead for first place in the AL West. And for the first time this year, we have seen a flip between the Rangers and the Astros. Texas now the odds on favorite to win the AL West division minus 110. The Astros, despite not being in first in the standings, DRS, were still the favorites to win the division for most of this early portion of the MLB campaign. Now it is flipped. The Astros have dropped four straight. They were swept over the weekend by the hottest team in the bigs, the Cincinnati Reds, who have now won eight consecutive games. Houston looking to buck that trend tonight at home against the Mets, who, like we mentioned, have also struggled as of late, dropping 11 of their last 14. Who do you think bounces back, DRS, on this Monday in H-Town? Yeah, if we're taking a look at both of these pitchers here, they've actually fared pretty well. Brown is a very good pitcher. I believe his last start out yep. um, didn't have a lot of strikeouts, which is great for me at an under five and a half, but I think went seven innings of shutout baseball now taking them out. But Max Scherzer certainly has bounced back here from some of those uglier starts to start the season. If we're looking for a lineup that profiles better today, it's hard to even look at both of these teams and say, boy, which team do you like? But actually leaning towards the New York Mets, even though they're the road team in this game with Max Scherzer, I just think their lineup profiles a little bit better against Brown, but also looking at this, you know, whole lot 39 and 33 on the season for the Astros, which isn't disastrous. But when you're looking at that one through nine, it's way too talented, Ben, to perform in the same way that they've been. Now, Jose Altuve against right-handed pitching over the past month, he's been very good in that capacity, but a lot that leaves to be desired here for the rest of that lineup here. I do think the Mets have a legitimate chance to win this game tonight, but if we're looking long-term, that pedigree that we lean on for the Astros, I'm just not feeling it this year. Lance McCullers, we saw last yeah. week down for the year now, was hoping to make a comeback here, but had that impingement in his elbow. Things are looking, I don't want to say up for the you know Houston Astros, more likely trending in the wrong direction here in that division, being in third place. DRS, it seemed there was a point of this season. The Astros, 11 games above 500. They had figured it out. They resembled the form of yeah. the World Series yep. champs. But injuries have been a big issue for the Strohs this year. You mentioned Lance McCullers on the bump. Of course, Jordan Alvarez, maybe one of the best sluggers in all of baseball on the IL for at least the next few weeks. He was put on the IL for a month. We got that update early last week. Now, if the Mets, the RS, are going to figure it out and turn things around in the season, five games below 500 at this current point, you would expect the top end of their starting staff, the veterans in Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, to lead the Amazons back. It's been a mixed bag for Scherzer this year. Five and two, but a 4-4-5 ERA. He gave up five earned runs in his second most recent start against the Braves on the road. Six earned against the pinstripes in the Subway Series last Tuesday, but did not record the loss, DRS, or the decision in either of those two games. What do you make of Scherzer this year? How would you evaluate his season for the New York Mets?
up and down, and this is what you're going to get, and also why sometimes buying a championship doesn't work out all that well in your favor. As we talk about the New York Mets, Verlander is older, Scherzer is older. Sooner or later, that arm is going to start to give way, and we've seen that. I mean, how many times over the past five? Forget about even like the last two years. Let's just go back the last five to seven years. Oh no, Max Scherzer's on the mound. Yeah, I'm not betting against that guy. I mean, he's going to go what seven yeah. innings, two hits, one earned run at the absolute worst. We don't see that anymore. Now we're seeing a guy that's probably doctoring the baseball a little bit more to try to hang on and get that last bit of edge that he's had and he's been in trouble with major league baseball with that and also over the past two years ending the season basically with a tired arm it doesn't get any better so i don't know if we're managing innings here for max scherzer at this point but if i'm a betting man at the end of the season it's more likely than not that scherzer probably won't be on his a game ben it is very interesting for the New York Mets. You would expect those guys at the top end of the rotation to lead things for the Amazons. Hasn't worked out that way. Pete Alonso mm -hmm. back over the weekend for New York, but the back end of the bullpen as well has been a struggle for the Mets after losing Edwin Diaz for the entire year before the season got started. DRS, let's turn our attention to the National League Central, where the Brewers right now mm -hmm. in first place, three games above 500, a 37 and 34 mark for Milwaukee. The Reds have won eight straight games. They're a half game behind the Brewers. Entering this weekend, it was the Pirates in the Brewers battling it out for that top spot. Milwaukee sleep, uh, sweeps Pittsburgh. The Buccos have lost six straight games. They're looking to right the ship at home today back inside PNC Park against the Chicago Cubs. A few games below 500 as well for the Cubbies but certainly still in contention for that top spot in the NL Central. Chicago right now, DRS, a road favorite today in Pittsburgh. How do you break down these matchups with the importance that these games hold in the National League Central? Yeah, I like this Pittsburgh lineup. I really do. But it seems like we had a little bit too much of a roller coaster here for the Padres. Get out, start, slow down a little bit, speed back up, slow down a little bit. But that's expected. We didn't expect a ton out of the Pittsburgh Pirates. But having a look at this, Smiley's going to be on the mound today, left-handed pitcher for the Chicago Cubs. The one thing that he does do well is he actually pitches against right-handed batters fairly decently. Over the last 30 days, a 183 ISO power number and a weighted on base percentage of 286. Now, different story here to left-handed batters. Typically, Ben, Smiley being a lefty, should be able to dominate left-handed to batters at least to get them out towards the major league baseball average that hasn't been the case slightly elevated iso power number the past 30 days out of 182 and how about the weighted on base percentage at a 418 now styles make fights here right ben if we take a look at smiley he's going to line up today and we're anticipating all yep. nine batters from the pittsburgh pirates to be from the right side that actually is moving into what smiley does well you actually would like to see him struggle against right-handed batters as opposed to excel i think that's going to be the downfall i would lean on the chicago cubs today to take down the buckos here it is a really good look drs the cubbies on the road and despite chicago having the fourth best record out of five teams in the national league central the cubs have the second best price to win the division right now the brewers who sit in first place are the favorites but we have our eyes on the red birds and the reds they've won eight straight games drs only a half game behind milwaukee so when the season comes to a close drs who's going to win this national league central divisional crown Man, it's, it's a good one to toss up. And also, sometimes, Ben, not even good in a good way, if that makes some sense. I thought that, you know, at the beginning of the season, the Cardinals are going to run away with this division. By far, had the starting pitching, the bullpen, the one through nine, it shouldn't be close with maybe the Milwaukee Brewers hanging around because that's what they do. Decent frontline starting pitching, 
hitting that can get in a timely fashion, and certainly a very good back end of the bullpen. But if we're looking at the FanDuel Sportsbook, a plus 100 price here on the Brewers, it probably does make some sense. Do we anticipate what we see out of the Cincinnati Reds, Ben, to continue for the rest of the summer? It's a decent pitching yeah. staff, but also a young, talented one through nine. But they are going to have their ups and downs here throughout the remaining parts of the summer. But also, does the Cincinnati Reds ownership group come around that deadline time go, hey, you know what? It's not our season right now. Or say, hey, guys, you're playing good baseball. Let's help you out with an extra bat, maybe an extra reliever, an extra starting pitcher. If you ask me today, though, who is going to win this division, I still have to give it to Milwaukee unless they trade Devin Williams on the back end of their bullpen like they did Josh Hader last year. They're not the most talented team, but my goodness, I'm not expecting the Cardinals to charge up. And every other team in that division, Ben, does have a lot of question marks. Maybe it is the Brewers at a plus 100 where we should be looking. The Brewers, an even money favorite. Again, they sit in first by a half game in the National League Central. Mm -hmm. A matchup today, DRS, in Milwaukee between two teams that lead their divisions at the moment. The D-backs, of course, first place in the National League West. The Brewers in the Central. Corbin Burns, Merrill Kelly, a great pitching matchup in Milwaukee today, DRS. About 40 seconds left. What's the approach to this yeah. contest? Let's just keep it simple. Two really good pitchers on the mound. You know I don't like that lineup for the Milwaukee Brewers. It's going to take eight runs to beat us. I don't think it gets there. We'll go under seven and a half in this game. Keeping it short and sweet, DRS. We appreciate that. We'll have plenty more around the bigs later on in our second hour with Craig Mish. But Donnie right side, we appreciate your time. I know that you have to run a big production meeting for the early line tomorrow. Making sure everything... You got to make sure everything is ready to go, DRS. That's why we trust you here on the morning after. We appreciate your insight always. All right. Fantastic. Great stuff. Donnie Wright's side, everybody. I'll see him in person later this week Whoa. in Atlantic City after the NBA draft special. Plenty around the association this offseason. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. A blockbuster Sunday afternoon in the NBA. The first domino to fall in this offseason. A recap of everything you need to know from the trade between the Washington Wizards and the Phoenix Suns that sends Bradley Beal to the Valley. Now, what are the expectations for the Suns entering next NBA season? Helping us to do that live right here, bright and early on this Monday morning. It is one of the best. Brian Fonseca joining us here on TMA. Fonseca, I look forward to this discussion with you as we evaluate the deal between the Suns and the Wizards. Who got the better end? And now what is the expectation in the desert? Fonseca, first and foremost, we appreciate you being here on this Monday. One of the best. I like that. I wish I was called that more often, but uh, national outlets don't seem to quite agree yet, Ben, but I, I'll take your word for well, it. I appreciate it. Well, here we are on this beautiful national outlet known as the Sports Grid Network, and we always right. appreciate your time. <laughs> so, Fonseca, let's first look at the deal. A blockbuster deal yesterday that came together rather quickly. We got the update late last week that if the Wizards decided to go a different direction for their future, they would work with Bradley Beal, who had a non-trade clause in his contract to find a new destination. So it seems Beal picked the Phoenix Suns. They trade him to Phoenix. In return, Washington gets Chris Paul, 
Landry Shamit, at least four second round picks. That has been the speculation in a variety of pick swaps as well. So Fonseca, when you look at this trade package sent back to Washington as Bradley Beal now makes his way to the Suns organization, what was your main takeaway? A couple of different things. One, that the Wizards want immediate cap relief. And Landry Shamit has three years left on his deal, but there's a team option in the last one and next year it's it's not fully guaranteed so basically this can function as an expiring contract this year if you want it to and they want it to <laughs> chris paul is likely to be rerouted to the clippers as part of this apparently and they have expiring contracts there's marcus morris there's um i believe nicholas batum is expiring but they they can figure that the financials out i'm not the gm there mm -hmm. right and ultimately the Wizards are also getting some second round picks and some pick swaps. And it's like, cool. The interesting thing was that it seemed like Miami was the front runners. Miami was the front runners. And with the reporting being Miami, 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 I was like, watch this not happen because yeah. for whatever reason, this just kind of tends to go that way. And the Suns beat the Heat out again for a prized um, trade because because uh, the last two for Kevin Durant, Suns, Heat. Last two for Bradley Beal, Suns, Heat. Now, didn't work out for the Suns last year. Embarrassed again mm. in the second round of their home floor. And the Heat went to the finals despite not getting Kevin Durant, which I still don't know. As somebody who watches that team, still don't know how they did that. And um, ultimately, Bradley Beal seems to have chosen the Phoenix Suns because he had the no-trade clause, wicked the kicker, all that stuff, which is an interesting choice because instead of joining the team where if you watch them and they were in the finals, what they need is Bradley Beal, perhaps Damian Lillard, who we'll probably get to at some point and you join phoenix who they just kind of did this and teams have just kind of done this kevin durant just did this in brooklyn it's like all right three guys at the top who are high level and figure out the bench later and we just saw denver win because of guys like yes nikola Jokic and jamal murray but also aaron gordon bruce brown contavious caldwell pope uh christian brown and Jeff Green, you know, like depth. Yeah. Is Ish Wainwright <laughs> suddenly going to become one of the most meaningful, significant players in the NBA now because he has to play a role on this team? DeAndre Ayton, people are going to say, hey, what about DeAndre Ayton? He's somebody you can flip for depth. And it's like, okay, you tell me who's running to play to pay a center three years and $100 million left on that contract. Maybe the Indiana Pacers who signed him to the offer sheet to begin with, but wouldn't you rather have Miles Turner for 20 million and then another 18 or 19 or so, uh, you know, next year for just less money? So Fonseca, it sounds like you are a little bit skeptical of what this deal means for the Suns in terms of being a true contender oh. to win the Western Conference and contend for an <laughs> NBA championship next year, correct? Well, Ben, you know, I'm skeptical of all, this, all the top heavy super teams. You know what I mean? What okay. was I doing to the Nets the entire year when I was when I was here with the uh, Harden and Kyrie? And, and that was personality driven. Personality wise, I don't think this is going to be like the largest issue. But it's like, you know, people joke. There's only one ball. Like, is that really analysis? And it's like, yeah, I mean, look, Bradley Beal, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. You kind of only have one ball to play with. Um, yeah, the playmaking will be interesting. Devin Booker will probably play point guard. And you got guys that can shoot. Oh, by the way, Kevin Durant, can you stay healthy for I don't know, six to eight months, you know, this this upcoming season and be healthy and particularly for the last two to three, depending on how long the season goes, might only be a couple because you might lose in the second round again. Who knows? We still have to see. This is the other thing about this. Right. 
it is not even june 20th yet we haven't even got to the draft i don't know what the rest of the nba is going to look like is damian lillard going to get traded is uh is carl anthony towns going to get traded <laughs> did i just ask that is uh trey young going to get traded uh potentially like what i don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the nba right. Um, and I assume that Denver has the avenue to retool. I assume that, you know, the Clippers, they have some sort of ambitions. I don't know if they're going to be healthy enough. The Lakers are going to try to do something because they have to win now. Because when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, you have to do things to win now. So congrats to the Phoenix Suns. Um, Ish Wayne Wright might be like your fifth starter or fourth starter. It's just a great name. It's just a, it's just a great name. And actually, you know, I, I respect Ish Wayne Wright because he was, you know, he got to the NBA the hard way, but... I'm just right. saying, like, these are the type of is Jock Landell gonna come back? Like, I, like, what, what, what are we doing with the rest of the team here? <laughs> that, that's the question now for Matt Ishbia and the Phoenix Suns front office. They have five guys currently under contract: Beal, Durant, Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Campaign. And for the four that I first mentioned, Beal, who just was signed to a supermax by the Wiz this past offseason, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton, those four players alone are due $163 million this upcoming NBA campaign, already putting the Suns over the luxury tax. So it's clear that new Suns owner Matt Ishbia is trying to make a deep dive but plenty of questions to fill out around the roster. And Ish Wainwright, welcome to Phoenix. He has been the name you have heard the most here on this Monday <laughs> on the morning after. Fonseca, it is interesting when you look at the NBA title odds for next yeah. year. After the acquisition of Bradley Beal yesterday, the Suns' price to win the title only down by 50 cents. 7-1, to one, still the fourth best number before getting Bradley Beal, plus 650 now currently. Again, the fourth best number to win an NBA championship. So Fonseca, when you look at the board right now, you mentioned it, there's going to be so much that happens this offseason over these summer months. It's one of the things we love about the NBA. What happens to Damian Lillard? How do the Heat respond on missing out on Bradley Beal? Might they go after Dame in Portland? The draft is on Thursday all of that tied into it do you agree with having the Denver Nuggets right now the solo favorites to win next year's NBA championship yeah they're the team you could rely on the most and at plus 460 I would I could even argue that there's some value there because maybe Nikola Jokic is just that unstoppable maybe his two-man game with Jamal Murray is just that unstoppable the depth you know if they could figure out a way to bring Bruce Brown back which Michael Malone perhaps inebriated said that they're going to do at the parade <laughs> And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think the Milwaukee Bucks are a little bit overpriced because they can get very yep. sideways here. Like, what's going to happen with Chris Middleton? Are they going to have to, you know, make a decision on Brooke Lopez? They are because he's going to be a free agent. And are they going to be able to keep him? Do you have to trade Bobby Portis for death? Do you have to? What's going to happen, Drew Holiday? Like, there are some questions about them. They have a new coach also. Yep. And, you know, there's some talk about is ownership going to want to avoid the tax and the tax situation in the NBA is about to get messy because of new collective bargaining agreement that's about to take place beginning next month. And other than that, you know, the Suns at plus 650. Uh, I mean, look, again, got to see the rest of the team. Warriors plus 1300. Not sure about that. Don't know what direction they're going to go. Shout out to Mike Dunleavy. He uh, is replacing Bob Myers. We'll see what he does. Draymond Green right. has a uh, pretty important option that he could accept or decline that could make things very interesting. Don't know if he's going to be on that team next year. Um, the yeah. Sixers, I mean, 
<laughs> James Harden? Is he going to go back to Houston? Is he going to go back to the to Philly? I don't know what's going to happen there. And you just go on down the line, and it's like, I'm not really sure. Miami is plus 1,800. I'm like, are they going to do what they just did again? That doesn't make a lot of sense. But then again, you could buy on them now if they get Damian Lillard. That kind of makes sense. Cleveland Cavaliers are also interesting at plus 2,400 because – Hmm. Mm. maybe they figure some things out depth wise maybe they move jared allen for some parts that make a little more sense and actually get a small forward which you know they've they've done the isaac coro karis levert thing maybe it's time to get somebody real in there so there are a couple long shots that are interesting um the heat and Cavs, and perhaps even the lakers if they could figure out how to sort of build that team very quickly around lebron and anthony davis but ultimately yeah the nuggets should be the favorites um because they can retool a little bit but they could also just bring back the same team, have camaraderie, and have the best player in the league and be like, okay, try to beat us. A lot will happen this summer, but there are some guarantees in this NBA offseason. First and foremost, yes, Michael Malone was wasted at the NBA championship parade in the Mile High City this past (laughs) Thursday. And the second guarantee at minus 50,000, Victor Wembayama will be the number one pick in this 2023 NBA draft, making his way to San Antonio. He is a generational type talent. Of course, we have all looked at Wemby Fonseca and thought he might be the most hyped recruit to go number one overall or number one prospect, I should say, since LeBron James in the early 2000s. So what will the expectation be, Brian Fonseca, for Victor Wembayama as a member of the Spurs in his NBA rookie campaign? Hopefully they're not too high because he's still a kid <laughs> and there's yeah, going to be a lot. Come like, on. You know, people, come people, on. People, people are going to say, people are going to say, hey, uh, he needs to be Kevin Durant or he's a bust and we're reaching yeah. dangerous territory, especially considering that, yeah. uh, uh, I, 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 you know, health is a big question for me, right? Because that long term typically doesn't work as 7'5 and doing all those unnatural motions for somebody who's 7'5 already in unnatural size and then also, um, you know, playing 82 games as opposed to in Europe, the best teams tend to play somewhere in the 60s and 82 not including the playoffs, which the Spurs, I mean, <laughs> that would be an interesting bet. Spurs to make the playoffs. you probably get some decent mm. odds on that. Um, if Victor Wembanyama could stay healthy, that's a realistic thing, but... You know, ultimately, I think he can be sensational as long as he remains healthy. That's the biggest question mark for me. And the Spurs, you know, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, you know, uh, Victor Wembanyama. Let's see what they do elsewise on the roster. They, there's been rumors about can they be a Fred Van Vliet team? Fred Van Vliet is going to get into free agency now. Um, they do yep. have Trey Jones, so, you know, they do have a point guard right now, but do they want to upgrade at that spot? Jeremy Sohan, who was somebody who was one of the top picks in last year's draft and uh, right. a rookie that, you know, got big minutes for the Spurs last year. Like, they they have a very interesting sort of young, they're going to be one of those young, feisty teams. And Victor Wembanyama's in, I think, the perfect spot for him developmental-wise. Like, Greg Popovich is going to have a lot of fun there, probably give him some energy before he's on the way out the door. You know, Spurs to get in the playoffs. I don't know what the odds in that off the top of my head, but that's something I would look at once the, once the draft is over. No playoff odds out just yet for teams around the association, but we do know the pedigree. The Spurs have drafted number one overall twice before this in their franchise history. The Admiral David Robinson in 1987, his rookie year, the Spurs won 35 more games from the season prior. 
Tim Duncan, 1997, the Spurs won 36 more games in Duncan's rookie year. Expectations for Wembenyama. More from the NBA draft later on in our second hour. But Fonseca, we thank you as always. One of the best to do it. You heard it here for first. We'll be back on the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We round out our number one, the opening hour of this Monday, the opening day of a new week, live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. And that Sports Grid Network, by the way, includes the new Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app, now available for download at the Apple App Store or scan the QR code on your screen at this moment. All of our insight, all of our information, all in one place, the ultimate sports betting companion app, the new Sports Grid app is here. Download it at this moment. And as we round out our number one, we always love hearing from you what is your thought now on the phoenix suns does bradley beal forming a new super team of sorts with kevin durant and devin booker in phoenix make the suns the title favorites next year a true contender to win the west where do things stack up as they'll look to get past the now reigning nba champion denver nuggets that was the question and fade the public Now with having Bradley Beal, a member of their roster, will the Suns win the Western Conference Championship next NBA season? At SportsGrid TV on Twitter, that was the Fade the Public poll. Two rather easy answers. We could probably dive through a little bit more, but you're restricted by your poll options on Twitter.com. Yes or no? With Bradley Beal, are the Suns going to win the West? Most of the public, 81% of the public, nearing 82%, in fact, saying no. The Suns should not be the favorites to win the West, and they are ultimately not going to win a conference championship. That's how the odds stack up right now. Denver remains the favorite to win the Western Conference. A small bit of movement following the Beal deal. Get it? Beal deal. The Nuggets still the favorites, plus 230, 90 cents behind. That's where the Phoenix Suns are at plus 320. That's a tight gap. There's a drop-off to the Golden State Warriors, who have the third-best price to win the West at plus 650. That does it for hour number one of the morning after on this Monday. But hour number two, up next, live right here on Sports Week.